Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So this episode is all about binge eating and particularly a course and a book called Brain Over Binge. And the book is by Catherine Hansen. The course is by her too. I did the course a few years ago and at the time I summarised some of the key points from some of the lessons and shared it with some clients uh, that I was working with and they found it really helpful to understand some of the concepts around how to break the habit of binge eating. So I'm going to dive straight into this because I think it could be really helpful if you are having a struggle at the moment where sometimes you find it really difficult to stop eating certain foods and you've had this struggle for a while. Sometimes if you are really, really struggling to break this habit and it's something that's very regular and you're having real difficulty with it, of course, I would recommend reaching out to someone who can help with that. One place you can go is the website called Beat eatingdisorders.org.uk B-E-A-T if you search B-E-A-T on Google it will come up with a link to that website and then that can direct you to a professional who can then give you the help and support that you need if you find you binge just sometimes like sometimes you struggle to stop eating certain foods and it's not really frequent but it happens and it's something you want to move away from then this content could be really helpful to hear and to explore the Brain Over Binge book and a few other things that I'll mention in later in this episode. So firstly, with the the notes that I went over with clients, basically I'm going to summarise it down into firstly understanding a couple of really key points. The first thing to note is that we have two basic parts of our brain if we simplify things quite a lot. We have like our primal brain, which hasn't changed much since we evolved into humans thousands and thousands of years ago. And then we have our higher brain that's much more logical, able to think realistically and rationally and like make decisions about our future. And it cares about our goals and our happiness. But that primal part of the brain is the one that's really strong when we have these urges to eat. And it overrides the higher brain very often in those moments the second point is that an urge to binge or any urge to eat when we're not actually hungry is essentially just faulty wiring in the primal brain so that primal part of our brain has learned a neural pathway that we can change but it's created a connection where it kind of recognizes if it sends you this urge to eat in a certain situation you respond by eating food and it likes that connection because there's some kind of temporary hit of dopamine from eating that food or there's some sensation of getting away from pain if you're in an emotionally painful situation or you're just eating to kind of feel better at the end of a tough day it's understood that this is helpful like this feels like a helpful connection and so it's made a neural pathway in the brain that means this kind of it sends you these urges habitually and when you react to them and go down that road of eating as a result it just reinforces the pattern and so it's almost like faulty wiring and the brain thinks it's being helpful but obviously we know that it's not but the way the brain learns and creates habits it 
means that this just will keep on occurring until we rewire that and we do things in a different way. We often pick up these habitual thought patterns in the first place if we spent time doing restrictive diets particularly. Diets that restrict certain foods and get us seeing foods as good foods, bad foods, things we should feel guilty about. And that tends to be when the primal brain goes into overdrive, particularly when we restrict foods to the point where you can feel hungry and low on energy and like your body is sensing there's a big drop in calories compared to what you were eating before you started that diet. So if the body senses that, there's a sudden big drop in calorie intake, it essentially fears that there's like a famine, there's not enough food around, based on the fact that up until very recently, like if we weren't eating enough food, it was because there wasn't enough food around. We were struggling to find it. And so the body has learned a response that when there isn't much food, first it will try and really conserve energy and make you feel tired and low in energy generally. And second, it will drive you to eat like as much as you can when you do come across foods, particularly foods that are high in sugar and high in fat and high in calories, because the body thinks we need that. We need those extra calories as much as we can when they're available, because they might not be around again soon. We might be in a famine situation. So it will drive you to eat excess calories and to gain fat in case that you're going to have a period of time when you can't get food. And that fat could end up saving your life if there was a famine. So seeing foods as bad and off limits as well tends to trigger like fear of those foods and therefore like a, also a stronger desire to have them when we've eaten them because we feel like we've, we've messed things up. We feel guilty, we feel shame about eating them sometimes. And so when we start eating them, we get a stronger desire to just keep going because we've already ruined it. The brain's saying, well, you've messed things up now, like you may as well just carry on and we'll start again tomorrow or Monday. And so then it learns this pattern that once we, we have those foods we've been trying to avoid, well, now we may as well just carry on. Like, let's keep on eating because we know then we're gonna be beating ourselves up and then we're gonna have to cut them out again. And it's partly that sense of like shame and, and self-judgment and beating ourselves up that can also make it worse because we're trying to avoid that feeling. Once you start eating, if you know like when I stop and I kind of really think about this I'm going to feel terrible I'm going to beat myself up I'm going to feel really awful about this it's another reason for your brain to, to drive you to just keep on eating in the moment because it's trying to delay that real sense of negative self-judgment that's coming it's like if we carry on eating right now we don't have to experience that guilt and shame yet it's going to come later but in the moment like we'll just carry on because then it will delay it so if you're changing that response over time and whenever you eat something, you're reminding yourself, this isn't bad, like this is not off limits. I'm not being bad by having this food. I can stop whenever I want. I can eat it again whenever I want. And I'm not gonna feel guilty at any point. It makes it much easier to stop at any time knowing that you're not then gonna beat yourself up for it. You're gonna have self-compassion, self-kindness, and remind yourself it's absolutely okay to eat those foods. And ultimately that makes it a lot easier to stop overeating them as well. So like we know there, there's plenty of food around all the time. We're not in a famine situation. And we know, like hopefully, if not, we need to keep practicing thinking that no foods are bad foods. Anything is fine. Nothing is off limits. You always get to choose what you eat and nothing defines your morals. Like what you choose to eat has no, no say on who you are as a person. So these urges can be dismissed then as a bit of a glitch in the brain like 
is trying to protect us either from famine or from guilt and shame. And it's getting us to eat more to kind of delay the feeling that we know is coming now we've started eating the food we think is bad. Or it's become a misguided way of soothing emotions by numbing out with food. Whatever the reason, it's a neural pathway that's become wired through practice and it doesn't serve us. So we just need to practice retraining that pathway. And the first step to doing that is dismissing that urge that you get to eat or to binge and viewing that urge essentially as neurological junk. And I love that term, neurological junk, which is Catherine Hansen's term in the book Brain Over Binge. And it just makes it feel like it's a nice term just to think, yeah, that's just my thought. My thoughts are offering neurological junk. It's nothing that means anything. It doesn't have a deeper meaning. And like, also, you don't need to fix any other problems first. It's just some neurons in the brain that are firing together in an unhelpful pattern that we've learned. And when you see it that way, it takes away a lot of the power of that urge and it helps to keep your higher brain in control as well. That higher, rational, calm, logical part of your brain that really cares about your goals. When you can detach and see see those urges as neurological junk, it can help you to view it that way. View it in a kinder, more compassionate, logical, rational way and keep that higher brain there guiding you on the best choices that you can make. And the second step to dismissing the urge is to realize that that urge to eat to binge that urge isn't you it's not a reflection of who you want to be so the goal is to be like a compassionate observer of the situation and see it as basically you're just a person having a thought and it can also help think of a time when you had the urge to overeat or binge but you couldn't because other people were around maybe it was a social situation you're at a party and you really had that urge, but because people were there, you you didn't have extra food, like you stopped at a point that felt more appropriate. So you overrode your brain in that situation, and then that urge faded away. I'm sure if you think back, there will be an example that you can find of something similar to that. And that shows that you can do it. And it's really important to remember that, like any examples of success that you can find, and keeping that focus on your strengths, examples of things you've done well, and thinking about who you want to be. So we need to focus the brain on what we want and what feels good, because it's very easy to get stuck on focusing on what we don't want. And then we end up mentally rehearsing binging and negative experiences. And anything we mentally rehearse, we're kind of programming our brain to just keep doing those things. So if you're trying to get your brain to focus on your strengths, things you've done well, and who you want to be, then your brain's kind of getting instructions because you're thinking about it. You're instructing your brain then to make that happen and to focus on who you want to be and to create more examples of success and to reinforce your strengths because that's what you're thinking about. So the third step is to not react to the urge, which sounds easier than it can be, of course, but when we experience an urge, we often react by giving into it so that we get to feel better and make that urge go away because obviously that urge is quite uncomfortable to experience at times but the thing is if we do that giving into that urge obviously doesn't work in the long term to make us feel better it just makes the urge more likely to come back again as well because the brain now has more proof that if it sends you an urge to overeat or binge 
it gets what it wants. Like you give into the urge, you give it more food. And so the brain learns, this is a successful neural pathway. Let's do that again, because that was great. Like we got the reward of the food. We'll repeat that again next time. So the urge might go when you eat as well, but then obviously you're left with that feeling of like feeling guilty, maybe feeling really stuffed, sluggish, low on energy, not great with the food that's in your body. And the problem that sparked that urge is still there if you were eating for an emotional reason and you've just reinforced that pattern again that if you get an urge, you're going to end up eating. So to change this, we need to aim to stay really calm and put some space in there first. Like When you experience that urge, putting in a bit of a pause between experiencing the urge and eating to not reacting straight away is really key. And putting in that space can be as simple as thinking, like, if you still want that in 15 minutes, like, we'll have it. That going to have it in 15 minutes, but first I'm going to have a drink of water and just sit and process this a little bit. Or do one of the other things that I'll mention in a few moments. But also, don't judge yourself for having an urge. Like, sometimes we can get very negative, critical thoughts just about the fact we're having an urge itself. And that doesn't help either. We just want to let that experience just be the experience. And remember, it's okay to experience these thoughts and urges. Like, it is what it is. Being as unattached as you can possibly be will make a really big difference. And almost like zooming out and viewing it as just an interested, curious observer. Like, what's going on here? Thinking of it like as a scientist or a detective. Like, if you were observing this going on, as a scientist or detective, you'd just be looking to understand more and kind of see what you can learn from this. So that can help with kind of feeling more emotionally detached from it and just being curious about what is actually happening. And remembering as well, you can't choose the fact that you're experiencing the urge, but you can control how you think and therefore how you feel in response. And that's where your power is. The fourth step is to stop acting on the urge. And to weaken this pathway in the brain, we need to stop acting on it whenever it crops up. Every urge is a fantastic opportunity to practice doing things differently and to create a new, better, more helpful neural pathway and to weaken that old one that we've just got at the moment. So at this point, there are three options when you're experiencing this urge. First option is you can just keep doing whatever you're doing when when the urge has cropped up and focusing on feeling calm and detached while also focusing on whatever you're actually doing and being present with that task and reminding yourself that the urge will pass. So if, for example, you are working at home or like tidying the house, um, you might carry on with, with your work or with tidying. You might find it helps sometimes to have like a, a mint or a chewing gum or something just to kind of get that minty fresh taste. And if you're chewing gum, it gives your mouth something to chew on. Sometimes that's a helpful kind of stopgap strategy to start with just to make things a little bit easier or in the evening you might clean your teeth and then carry on with kind of what you're doing and keep focused on mindfully doing whatever that task was if you are like washing up for example you're tidy the house doing the washing up being present with that experience is really helpful as well like feeling the warm soapy water on your hands seeing what you can really notice about that experience and getting super mindful just gets your brain engaged on that task but therefore more more focused on that task than focusing on the urge itself if you're working like carrying on with work but choosing to feel proud like you're doing something productive 
and you have to get that work done so it feels good to kind of keep bringing your your mind back to focusing on the task at hand and if it's in the evening like often urges to overeat and binge they, they can come in the evening when you finally get to sit down and relax and you had a really busy day then your brain's like oh we could eat something now and then that can trigger the urge to overeat and binge so if you're chilling in the evening and that urge comes up you could be sitting on the sofa already like and maybe you want to keep doing that but make that experience a little bit better as well for example you could be sat on the sofa like with your favorite blanket or in your favorite cozy hoodie watching tv but making yourself feel really good your clothes are comfortable you're kind of snuggled up you've got a cup of a soothing hot drink and just focusing on slowing down your breathing as you watch tv as well if you've had a, a tough day and or you've got this urge to eat it can make you feel quite anxious and quite tense so even sitting there relaxing watching tv having the urge to go and get some more food but knowing you're not hungry slowing down your breathing helping yourself feel calm and relaxed noticing if there's any tension in your shoulders and your neck just aiming to just release that tension as you sit and keep engaged watching your tv program like relaxing with that that's one option so keep doing what you're doing the second option is you can distract yourself by doing something different that your brain then gets to focus on, which could be going out for a walk, if that's possible, calling a friend. It could be like going to bed to relax and read a book if it's late in the evening when you're having the urge. You might find cleaning your teeth and then like feeling really proud of the fact that you going to bed now is awesome self-care. If you know, I could easily stay up and watch TV and eat food, like that's really tempting right now. But actually, when I think about it, what I really need is just to go to bed. I need some sleep. I need some rest. Or I just need some quiet time with a book. And I'll get that if I go to the bedroom and lie in bed with a book. Then that's that's an amazing bit of self-care. That's not restriction. Like Sometimes we can feel like, oh, if I'm not eating that food, I'm going to bed. I'm like restricting myself. I'm missing out. You're not restricting yourself from anything other than feeling awful from eating food that you weren't hungry from for. So framing that making sure that if the brain offers any thoughts like that it's like no it, the restriction is if i eat if i eat i restrict myself from feeling happy and feeling proud and going to bed feeling good i end up depriving myself of happiness so actually what i think is restriction in not eating food in this situation is actually giving myself freedom and self-care and what if i go to bed and do that i'm not suffering any restriction I get to feel great whereas if I eat that food that I think I should eat because my brain's telling me it's restrictive if I don't eat it actually then I'm restricting myself from feeling happy and healthy tomorrow from feeling proud of myself from getting to my goals so sometimes framing that differently can be helpful as well but distracting yourself by maybe going to bed cleaning your teeth reading a book feeling proud of that listening to a sleep story or anything like that is really helpful and the third option is you can just stop and actually observe the urge that you're having and see if you can get really present and really zone in to what you're experiencing. So notice the thoughts that come up and how it feels in your body as well. Like, Is there tightness in your chest or your stomach? Is there kind of anxious tension in your neck? Can you feel anything particularly just going on? Like if you were to do a little body scan, can you notice what do I actually feel right now? Even that in itself is helpful just to connect to your body and see if there's anything that's tight and tense you can relax 
and then slowing down your breathing and just seeing what am I experiencing? What are the thoughts? What are the sensations? It can help as well to write the thoughts down because they, they'll be common thoughts that you experience like normally most of the time that when you get that urge to binge or to overeat, you'll get the same kind of thoughts come up. So that awareness of those thoughts is a really key part of changing that pattern, understanding what your brain kind of offers you to get you to binge. And when you have that awareness, like next time, because you've thought about it and written down the thoughts that come up, when you notice the next time, you'll be that bit more aware of them and it'll give you more power to just pause and observe and decide, do I actually want to act on that? Like I'm more aware of this now, kind of I'm onto my brain, like I know what's happening. And even that can just feel that bit better to be more aware of it. And then to have practiced thinking about what you want to do differently. And you're starting then to just shift that pattern into a new neural pathway and a new set of habits that you've created. So observing the urge, remembering it will still be uncomfortable, but also reminding yourself like that is okay. The feeling is temporary and it will fade away. The discomfort of giving in and then dealing with the guilt and the frustration and the, the horrible feeling of having too much food in your body, like that's a lot worse than the discomfort of feeling the urge for a little while. And in any area of life, to grow and improve and become better, we have to get uncomfortable at times. So sitting with that feeling and that knowledge can also help you know that you're on the right track. The urge will fade and every time you practice this, like the urge gets weaker. Every time you're not not kind of following it, even if you just make it last longer before you actually react to it, that's still progress. And every time you're just following that and creating some form of progress, that urge gets weaker and you become stronger. And the fifth step is to get excited about the progress you're creating. So think of this as a new skill to learn and it will make like dramatically positive impacts on your life to learn it. And it is a skill and it can help to frame it that way to think that anyone can learn a new skill. This is just a new habit, a new neural pathway. We all have the ability to learn new things at any point in our life. So when you see it that way, it's a skill. Anyone can learn a skill. I can do this. I can change these pathways. And the way to make that happen is to feel good about the change that you see. Getting excited for making positive change helps to strengthen it because then your brain gets that little hit of dopamine positivity when you see things are improving. And when it can sense, like, this feels good, I can see change, that's when it creates that emotional connection to changing things as well, which means you're more likely to remember it next time and your brain's more likely to want to do it again because it felt good. So also thinking, like, what can you do with that extra level of confidence and self-control that you get when you've shown yourself you can do it? Picturing the confidence, the self-control, the happiness, the pride, and drawing attention to that self-control side of the brain. So keeping focused on like benefits that you're gaining from making this change and how great it feels to be in control. Like every time you get an urge, it's basically an opportunity to practice and improve things so seeing it that way and focusing on this is great I get the opportunity now to practice doing things differently and I get to prove to myself like I can do it I can feel in control obviously it's going to feel challenging at times so it's not going to be a case of simply saying oh wonderful I've got an urge to binge it's really uncomfortable but this is brilliant because I get a chance to practice 
it's still not going to feel great but just framing it that way will help you to see it is an opportunity like it's it's uncomfortable at times but the only way to change it is to experience the urge and do something different so every time it comes although it's not going to be helpful to sit and have an urge to overeat because you're tired you've had a tough day etc that is how change happens by experiencing those moments and practicing doing something different thinking about too when you rewired your brain and change that habit how will that make life better imagine the energy and the confidence and the pride that you have think about maybe the clothes that you'll wear when you overcome this habit and you've as a result like you've lost the weight that you've been working on trying to lose for a long time because you've been so consistent and now you're in tune with your body and you're taking amazing care of your body and you've lost weight as a byproduct of doing that rather than having to focus on losing weight itself with binge eating when that is a struggle it's important to not focus on weight loss first that you need to focus on overcoming the habit of binge eating first because otherwise when we focus on weight loss we tend to go down restrictive paths that end up exacerbating the problem and keeping that cycle going cutting foods out feeling too hungry and then just triggering the urge for the brain to be like hey we need more food we're we're not getting enough calories it's going to drive you to eat more because it's sensing there's not enough coming in whereas if you're working on the binge eating as a byproduct of that you're going to be reducing your overall calorie intake when we look at weeks and months where you're reducing binges you might be eating more on a day-to-day basis than you were when you were trying to do a diet to lose weight but actually on the diet when you were trying to lose weight your calories were really low and then they would go really high with a binge so they averaged out at a level that's kind of been your maintenance calories where you want it to be weight loss calories when we look at overcoming binge eating first and we take away the restriction you're then eating more day-to-day but you're not having these big influxes of calories like sporadically over time from binges So over time, your average calorie intake is going to be lower than if you were doing a restrictive diet and then binging. So it will take time to see progress, but it's so important to remember, I am going to create progress by doing it this way. It's going to take longer in terms of like seeing weight loss happen on a a week-to-week basis because I'm going to actually be eating enough food that I feel much better and I'm overcoming the binges. But it's not going to make rapid weight loss happen. But if I stick with this and I rewire that pattern of around binging in six months time, a year's time, I'm going to be in a much, much better place. And I'm going to have basically stabilized things, got consistent calories coming in where I feel great and I'm not having this big intake now and again. So I'm actually going to have had less calories and therefore I'm likely to see weight loss as well. And if I haven't seen the weight loss I want to see by then, then I'll be in a great place to work on that because I've spent the time overcoming binge eating rewiring that habit and creating a better relationship with food first so looking at it in that time frame six months a year it's so much better for you to do that than to think i need to see results in the next six weeks eight weeks and then ending up stuck in this cycle over and over again which happens to so many people for so many years so give it that bit of extra time and focus on just the binge eating first let's rewire that habit and focus on self-care self-compassion enjoying the process of just nourishing your body and feeling calm feeling confident feeling happy taking awesome care of yourself in different ways when you realize like you need you're seeking comfort or you're seeking like an energy boost or 
just something to make you feel better at the end of a tough day. We want to work on those things itself, along with rewiring these patterns, and then it becomes so much easier in time to get the results that you're ultimately looking for with your body too, if weight loss is a goal. So the next thing to do is to visualize yourself doing these five steps that we've just talked about. Put into action these five steps. The next opportunity that you get, next time you have an urge to eat, go back through this episode. Hopefully, if you've got some notes, that'll be good. I will link to a blog post that also talks about some of these topics. But if you found this episode helpful so far, I would definitely recommend going back and just noting down few of the key points that have resonated with you and the five steps to sum up what we have said so far with these five steps if i scroll back for you so step one was where's it gone step one is viewing the urge as neurological junk to help you dismiss it step two is to realize that the urge is not you it's not a reflection of who you want to be Step three is to not react. So aiming to stay calm, put in a space first, be unattached, as unattached as you can possibly be. Step four was to stop acting on the urge by doing one of three things. Either carry on doing what you're doing. Second option there is distract yourself. And the third thing you can do is to stop what you're doing and observe the urge. And hopefully what I've said in each of those points is helpful to kind of give you more to work with there. And the fifth step is to get excited for making those positive changes and seeing the wins and the progress you're creating to help your brain get focused on that, on what you want to create. And then, so visualise yourself doing these five steps. Put it into action at the next opportunity you get. And remember, it will take practice and you don't need to get it right every time. Nobody does. It's not going to be a case of hearing some key points, whether it's this podcast, whether it's another book or anything else that you come across that resonates like you won't just hear that once and then suddenly that's it like the problem is solved it doesn't work that way in the brain you will have sometimes when you succeed and sometimes when you don't even think about it and you end up binging or you kind of think about it but your primal brain overrides your higher brain and you end up binging but if you know that's okay that's part of the process then you'll keep going and it's that consistency that's so key looking for wins as well and remembering the mantra that you either win or you learn so if you dismiss the urge and you're successful and you don't overeat obviously that's a great win if you see progress though in that you you took a bit of time where before you would have reacted straight away or you ate less than you would have done before or you were just more aware or you were more compassionate to yourself after and you got back on track quicker All of those uh, examples are wins and you can also learn something from that. There's still things that if you look back on that with kindness and compassion and interest and curiosity, you'll learn something helpful that will be something you can use next time to improve it again. It's only when we experience judgment and guilt and we beat ourselves up for things that we won't learn anything from that because our brain just shuts down. If we're in that mode of self-criticism, self-judgment, calling ourselves names, it will just not want to look at the experience because that feels just awful to do. But if we're treating ourselves with kindness and curiosity and compassion and we just think, okay, that's all right. Like I'm going to support myself, be on my own side here and just see like, what can we learn from that? Like what could we have done differently there next time? 
what do we need to think differently or do differently to make a bit more progress in the future? Looking at it that way will give you so many more tools and valuable insights that you can then store in your toolbox for next time and then you create progress again. And if you do overeat or you feel like the habit has come back and you're struggling after a little bit of time when it's been working well, then it's like suddenly life hits you and the habit comes back for whatever reason. You can learn from observing like why that might be. It could be that you haven't had great sleep recently and so you're more tired. It could be life stress has occurred, work stress maybe, like it's a busy time with work. It can be things as well, like the change in seasons. Like as we're heading into autumn time now, just knowing like the days are getting shorter, the weather's going to start to change, it's going to get colder, more rain, darker. That knowledge, like we're getting into like heading to winter, that can impact people too. Like the clients that I work with as well, I work with a lot of women who are around the age of perimenopause, into menopause, women who are kind of often working hard in their job and then they're working hard for their family they may have children to support as well and look after partners friends there's so much going on in life that sometimes if like even just life itself can be overwhelming but if then you add a busy work schedule or someone you care about is suffering with illness or something else has happened it's like that can trigger binge eating to come back as can being unwell if you notice like you're you'll run down because it's just there's bugs everywhere or you just you've been really busy and suddenly you're feeling just not great immune system is suffering that can trigger binging as well all of that is normal and sometimes it happens and it's how you respond to it that makes the difference so if you can again treat yourself with kindness and compassion in that situation and know that if things do come back if you do overeat you do binge you haven't failed it's an ongoing learning process and there will be ups and downs with this as soon as you see what you can learn from it and you make a plan for yourself you're back on track that's all you ever need to do and then feel great about that as well keep thinking about the wins you can find things you can be proud of keep making plans for yourself as well with food because that will make it easier you will ensure then that you get regular nutrition which is such an important part of overcoming binge eating as well making sure you're eating like regularly throughout the day not all the time, but you've got regular meals with protein, with other nutrition that helps you stay full, gives you energy, and you're eating enough, like you're eating to support your body's needs. Having a plan will make that easier so you don't have to keep thinking about it and making decisions all day, which is often another common reason why people get to the evening and they're just worn out, can't make any more decisions about food. With a plan, that will help, and continuing to go back to thinking like, what can I take from this? If it's been a struggle, what can I learn? But then thinking about who do I want to be? Like, what do I want going forward? Visualising success, thinking about what that will take one step at a time. And over time, you will start to see fantastic progress from doing that, from using these steps, from making a plan for your food to make it easier, from eating enough and continuing to practice, thinking consistency, not perfection. And there are a lot of reviews from people who have found this brain over binge approach incredibly helpful. And I've seen it work well with a number of my own clients too. And there are different approaches for binge eating, but this is this is one of a few key approaches. And there are a few other books and tools that I can recommend. So in the links uh, on the show notes, there will be a couple other things to check out. But if you are stuck binge eating right now, don't give up is my key message. 
check out the links and there's links to the brain over binge book also a link to a blog post on my website that talks about binge eating and i'll link to the beats website as well and one other book that is really useful to check out is the joy of half a cookie which is all about mindful eating and how you can use mindful eating to also help you with weight loss when you get to a point that you feel that is something i could pursue as well all of that is in the show notes i hope this has been a helpful episode thank you for listening please feel free to share this with anyone if you think it will be helpful the show will only grow and reach more people if people can share for me and i really appreciate it if you can or if you can leave a rating or review it's all appreciated thank you again for listening and speak to you again soon Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, if I can help you in any way, please feel free to get in contact with me via my website, hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on Facebook or Instagram and I would love to connect with you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.